Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth podcast. This podcast is about sharing strategies and ideas to help business owners build, protect, and transition their businesses for the future while creating more balance in their life. Your host is Thomas J. Perrone, CLUCIC, and president of the New England Consulting Group of Guilford Incorporated, consulting business owners for over 50 years. Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth. Hi, I'm Tom Perrone, and I'm your host. And this podcast is all about learning strategies to build your business, to create greater profit, but to create also an abundance of leisure time so you can enjoy what you're building. Today, we have a wonderful guest, and I would like to introduce to you Carl Fisks. Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth podcast. Carl, thank you for joining us today. Good morning, Tom. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm honored to be on your podcast, and I look forward to our chat. Well, I was uh, very excited about this today because uh, as we all get older, we get concerned about health and wonder uh, when do we start getting healthier because I have friends that are professionals that aren't doing anything. And then I have friends on the other side of the coin that have worked out all their life. And uh, you have a a pretty unique story. So Carl, I'm just going to tell the people a little bit about you and then we'll get into some of the things we want to talk about. But Carl Fix is, uh, he helps busy professionals take back control of their wellness. His fix system F-I-C-K-S system, is a proven roadmap for endurance, athletes, and weekend warriors alike. His bi-weekly newsletter column, uh, The Friday Fix, provides strategies, tools, and inspiration to stay resourceful and resilient. Yep. Oh, he's a litigator, too. Funny we didn't bring that up first, huh, Carl? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Tom. (laughs) Uh, and Carl's very unique, and it's my pleasure to uh, ask Carl a bunch of questions today. So, Carl, why don't you give us a little background on how you got started down this wellness track? Sure. Uh, thanks, Tom. So, I went to uh, you know college and law school, and I took the bar back in 1988, and I started in the private practice of law. Uh, I played sports as a kid. I played sports in high school and college and in law school, I uh, continued to exercise and so forth. And then when I started in the private practice of law in 1988, um, it was a very busy time. And the first few years, three to five years of a law practice for a young lawyer are critically important. Uh, Those are your formative years where you really learn the skills of the trade. So I was all in on that. And uh, I really neglected my body in the sense of not exercising. Um, And after a few years, I realized it was not a sustainable business model to work 10, 12, 14 hours a day, day after day, eat dinner at 8.30 at night and go to bed at 9.30 with a full stomach, wake up and do it again. Uh, So I decided to get back in uh, the game and take back control of my wellness. And I did that uh, by running, I decided to run the New York City Marathon. Um, My dad had worked in Manhattan 
for many years. And I uh, had fallen in love with the city back when he was working there. And I had that as a goal. And, and that kind of jump-started a whole series of um, uh, events for me. So I found throughout the private practice of law, Tom, that um, working out and exercising has given me the stamina to uh, practice law and to get into court and uh, do what I have to do because you can't do it on Red Bull and Snickers bars. So that's kind of a thumbnail. Yeah. That is, so you went that whole circuit of going through the craziness that every young lawyer goes through. And, and actually, that's interesting that you got mindful of the fact that this wasn't the road to go down after a while. Very interesting. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, I'd like to say that, uh, especially in the, this profession that I've uh, been in for so long, uh, lawyers and, and certainly other busy professionals uh, take great care of their cars. Uh, you know, a young lawyer, uh, American law study recently, the so-called big law firms, uh, the major players in the country, they'll start their new associates at $160,000 plus or minus per year. And for many, uh, they get their first check and they may buy a nice car. And then they take very good care of that car, Tom. And they wash it and they detail it and they vacuum it. Uh, and they get regular oil changes and they don't do, and they do that so they can maintain the value of the car and keep it running at a, at a high performance level, but they don't do that with their bodies. And I speak from experience. I was that guy. The, the very first new car I bought was in 1990. And I used to clean the rims of my car, Tom, with a toothbrush <laughs> because I was obsessed with keeping that car uh, running and running well and looking good. And I didn't do that with my body. And, uh, it's just, it's, it's a sharp contrast that, um, lawyers and other professionals will again, treat their cars better than their bodies. It, so how did you develop this passion for wellness, Carl? I just found the benefits of it. Uh, it has given me such clarity of thought, Tom. Uh, th this is a rough and tumble profession. Uh, and I find I like to work out in the morning. And I find, uh, for a number of reasons. One, I'm, I'm an early bird. Uh, that started back when I, I was a paper boy. I was, I'm kind of a dinosaur. They don't have paper boys or delivery kids anymore. They, they ride around in cars. But I... I had a paper route. I was up early all the time. I like to work out early because as we all know, the day, the business day can go sideways. Uh, and I've found that if I wake up and exercise, then I own that exercise. That is mine. It's already banked and nobody can take it from me. We all have a punch list when we go into work. And many times we don't even get to number three because things pop up. But I found that when I do work out in the morning, it gives me great clarity of thought. Uh, things that may have been jumbled the day prior, the night prior, if I go out and ride or run or walk, uh, it kind of empties the space between my ears and I, I get some clarity to things. And it's given me great stamina. It's, it's your meditation. It, yes, sir. Um, well, this question is interesting because I've I have a lot of friends who have given up on trying to stay in shape uh, as they got older, but 
Before you explain the use and the many benefits and strategies that you do use in your wellness coaching, Carl, what would you say to the person out there who's listening, who hasn't thought about getting into shape in years, just gave up and just seems convinced they would not find the time to start the program or continuing it? Uh, the, the very first thing I would say is you can do it. Uh, and at the end of the program, I'd like to share uh, uh, some tips to help your audience uh, get back in the wellness game. I've got um, 10 steps to getting back in the game, which we will talk about as we go on. And then I'll, I'll um, uh, give the uh, um, website uh, information. But the bottom line is, is you can do it. It's not uh, the upside far outweighs the downside. And uh, there's time to do this. Uh, you can find time. Uh, you can do a workout in 15 minutes if you'd like. And in fact, I read a recent study that was done uh, in a universe, out of a university in France that, that basically concluded, Tom, that 15 minutes of light running uh, boosted cognitive function more than 15 minutes of relaxation. It showed the study participants had their moods lifted and it left the people feeling more energized. And that's just 15 minutes. And yeah. we've all, we've all got 15 minutes. That's right. Uh, so now, when you say light running, you're even talking like even on a treadmill, just taking your time and. Sure. I mean, even, uh, you know, I, I think the average person can walk, uh, you know, four miles an hour, you could, you could walk, uh, you know, 15, you could walk a mile in 15 minutes. So if you just kind of pick that up a bit, uh, you know, not heavy duty, just uh, brisk walking to a light jog. That's what this, um, that's what this study found. Huh. Uh, and more than, than relaxation. I mean, certainly 15 minutes of quiet, you know, meditation is good. But um, again, I'm referring to the study. So Really, the very short answer to your question is you, your audience, the folks that, that are out there, they can do this. Um, so how has fitness helped you in the daily practice of law? Again, um, it has given me, I believe, incredible clarity of thought. Uh, there is a joke in my firm. I'll go into a partner's office and I'll say, to my partner, hey, I had this idea. And then my partner will say, oh, so you ran this morning or you biked this morning or you worked out this morning. It's, it's just become a joke, but it's, it's really not a joke. But I, I have these thoughts and uh, I've on a bike ride uh, come up with closing arguments. Um, I've had to pull my bike over and type into my iPhone in my notes uh, section, certain thoughts that I've had, because it all kind of becomes clear. And, you know, there's a lot of multitasking in the practice of law, a lot of uh, jumping up, jumping down, switching gears. And um, it, it's given me that the stamina to do that. So it, it's definitely helped me um, become a better lawyer and, and allowed me to practice for such a long time. Which is interesting what you're saying to me is kind of something I put in my book 
unlocking your business DNA. And I talked about taking free time. Now, again, I relate to free time of doing what you want to do, whether you're working out, meditating, or being with your children. But one of the things that came out of that from my own experience was the creativity of thought that came, you know, not even consciously thinking of it. And these might have been things I thought of a year ago that now that I was relaxed doing what I wanted to do, they're starting to pop up. So I think what you're saying to me, and I, I hear it, is that um, anecdotally, you you work out and all of a sudden you're finding that you, your clarity as far as a, the answer to something, the way you're going to do something is just popping out because you're doing something, probably because you're relaxed and you're doing what you want to do. You think that's it? Uh, yes, sir. I mean, I'll give you an example. Uh, my my oldest daughter last week uh, sent me an email with some lyrics from a Pink Floyd song, Time. And she said, this was in a book I just read and I thought of you. Maybe this is a LinkedIn post. That was on a Tuesday, Tom. So Wednesday, I just started banging around and drafting something and it, it wasn't coming to me. And I closed the laptop and I said to myself, tomorrow morning's ride this thing will come, will come to me. And last Thursday I, I went off for a ride and I scripted the post in my head and I put it up on LinkedIn on Friday, a very short post, um, basically on time. And that all gelled on that Thursday morning ride, which was maybe an hour, hour and 15 minutes, but it all, it all came together. And, and, um, you know, that's, uh, I'm blessed that, that, I can find such clarity when I, when I do work out. I often bring up the, uh, the book, uh, Cybo Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz, probably written in 1940 or something. He's deceased now, but he talks about that. He talks about doing things that you like to do. You're relaxed and your brain starts working on these subconscious things that you may have touched consciously and it's because of your relaxation that all of a sudden these answers are coming and flowing. And I, I bet you, you just find such great creativity because you're always working out and uh, you, you've got your mind relaxed. Um, and yeah, yes, sir. Yeah, you, you know, what you're saying is what I've been a proponent of many people. So that's good to hear. Um, what's, what's the worst, what's the first thing, Carl, that you would tell a busy professional who wants to get back in the game? Um, again, the very first thing is you can do this. There's a wonderful world out there and it will pay benefits, uh, I believe, for a very long time. So uh, we, we prioritize things, Tom. It's almost one of my favorite songs, uh, Simon and Garfunkel, The Boxer, there's a line in there. It says, men hear what they want to hear and disregard the rest. That's analogous to our schedules. We schedule what we want and we disregard the rest. Uh, we may schedule um, uh, a detail for our car where we take the car and we sit and we wait for it. Or we schedule the oil change that we talked about and we're waiting for 20 minutes. Well, schedule a half hour walk. Um, so again, we, we hear what we want to hear and disregard the rest. Well, we schedule what we want to schedule and disregard the rest. So I, I would say the, again, the first thing is you can do this. You can fit it into your schedule. There's not a huge, uh, time suck, um, that, that this will consume. 
And let's say it's not a schedule thing, Carl. Let's just say somebody's so out of shape, maybe very overweight, and just finds it so difficult. What would you tell someone how to get going and give them the philosophy uh, of the um, the time schedule for the future of work? I would just say forward motion, Tom. I, I mean, what you just described, when, when I decided to kind of climb out of this body neglect thing in the first few years of practice. When I started to run, Tom, I could not run two miles without stopping. Uh, It was a real struggle for me. So forward motion, uh, you know, I wrote a piece. um, I've I've got the LinkedIn posts that I do every Friday called the Friday Fix. And then every other week, Tom, I've got a, a column in the New Britain Herald um, called the Friday fix and it's a uh, new Britain And a couple of weeks ago, I did one called pushing the pile. And I really, I spoke about it. My high school football coach, who's one of his favorite sayings was keep pushing the pile, keep your legs moving. Uh, and that was very literal in the game of football, but it's very metaphorical in the game of life. Just keep your legs moving forward motion. Uh, and I recount, I read something in Runner's World where a, a two-pack-a-day smoker decided he had had enough. So what he did is he decided to start jogging to his mailbox. And he said, uh, initially, he, quote, wanted to throw up, end quote. Uh, but then he got better at it. And then he decided to go a little further to a light post. And then he decided to go down to the stop sign. And then he decided to go to a neighboring park. This gentleman, who was 62, I believe at the time, ultimately became an ultra marathoner. And he said, it's not about the speed. He said, um, but I'm much faster than I am sitting on the couch. So it's really those, those small things. And it's really just forward motion. I've seen over the pandemic, I've, I've noticed a gentleman walking with his wife. And I've seen over the year, Tom, this guy, I see him most mornings and I can't give this guy enough credit. In fact, I stopped my bike. I do not know him. I stopped my bike last week and I just told him, listen, I've seen you for a year and you're such an example uh, because he has lost probably 35 pounds and he's just been out there walking and he's out there almost every day. I see him when I'm biking. I see him when I'm driving, leaving for work. And I give the guy credit. And if anybody, you could use him as an example. So if, for those that think they can't get up off the couch, they can. They just forward motion, just push the pile. It's, it's really deciding to take the first step and just be consistent, whatever level you want to be at. That's the key, Carl. That, that's correct. And, and you don't have to start off big. I mean, we're not going to climb Mount Everest. You know, if we decide to take a hike, Mount Everest is not going to be the first thing we try to hike. It's not going to work. So again, just start, start small. That's, that's it. Start small and it will absolutely build. Yeah. Because there's no rush here. I mean, you you got your life to get yourself together and, uh, and the benefits that you're going to talk about in a second are amazing. But So let's talk about a how, how a busy professional possibly could fit a workout into his or her daily schedule. Again, uh, it's no different than free time. Um, you know, we can block time, and there's some uh, that some coaches talk about um, 
whiteouts, you know, white out your schedule and just take 15 minutes to um, get a drink of water or walk around the block. Um, if you have to schedule, just schedule a half hour workout. And um, I think, again, it's doable. So um, they can just, they can fit the workout, a busy professional can fit the workout into their schedule if they, in fact, schedule it. And is it, I know it's probably a personal preference, but you, have you found most of your uh, coaching clients like to work out early in the morning or later at night or during the afternoon? Or is there any particular time of day that they want to get this done? Uh, usually mornings. Mm -hmm. uh, we kind of gravitate towards that. And uh, again, like I said earlier, I'm a big believer in getting that done and owning it. It's, it's a kind of a euphoric feeling. Um, I used to have a standing Friday date with a buddy where we'd go out and run 10 miles and, you know, we would finish at seven in the morning and we would just be on cloud nine because we did those miles. We had a great run together. We, we had a great talk and we could then start our day and, and really, no matter what came at us on that given day, we knew that we had just run our 10 and, and that was ours and nothing, nothing was going to impact that. You know, James Clear has a book called uh, Atomic Habit. And what he talks about is how you look at the habits that you're trying to develop that you know are good for you, but you haven't done them, so they're not a habit yet. And he talks about the mindset of doing them. In other words, changing your mindset. Like people would say, oh, I don't want to get on that treadmill for a half hour. And he, he says, well, let's take a look at it. Let's talk about what are the benefits of doing that and how you're going to feel after 10 minutes or three minutes or whatever. So he progressively gets you in a mindset that motivates you even more so. And it's a great book for anybody who wants to create new habits that uh, Carl's talking about, uh, I certainly recommend it. Uh, I actually got the hard copy because I like to underline and I've read it two or three times and uh, it's a good way of getting rid of bad habits too. But this this type of book might be very uh, 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 a good correspondence to what you're talking about, Carl. I agree 100%. Because it is all about that. It's all about motivation, mindset, and creating these good habits so they become automatic. Right. Um Let's talk about the accountability component uh, that usually worked into a fitness regimen, because I think that's a big element in consistency and, sus and, and sustaining. Don't you believe that? I, I, yes, sir. I do agree. And I would like to draw a parallel uh, if I could, you know, in your book, Tom, uh, Unlocking Your Business's DNA, you talk about one of your bedrock business principles is aligning yourself with like-minded people. Uh, now, on the accountability front, uh, it does help to uh, get with a group in order to exercise or contribute or help your wellness for, for a, a number of reasons. Um, one is if you are meeting somebody at the high school track at six in the morning and the alarm goes off at five 30, if it's just you, you may be inclined to hit that snooze button and that's that. But if you, if your friend Tom is at the track, you don't want to let Tom down. So that helps. 
Um, and I, in fact, did a piece a few weeks ago, uh, and I analogized uh, finding a, a group to work out with. It's, it's almost like I called it car shopping for fitness. When you're shopping for a car, you look for speed, you look for size, you look for durability and comfort. Um, so if you really want to go fast, find a group that will go fast. If you don't like big groups, find one or two people, you know, a smaller size. Uh, durability matters. Um, if you want to meet somebody at the track, make sure that's not somebody that's going to cancel if there's some inclement weather. Uh, you know, these are outdoor activities and sometimes the rain comes, sometimes the snow comes and the cold comes. And then comfort, it's find, find a group that will lift you up and you lift them up. So, you know, again, you're one of your bedrock business principles of aligning yourself with like-minded people is really analogous to, you know, group training, which I think uh, lends itself to the accountability component. And uh, that's, that's very helpful. That will, that will help uh, your audience on their journey. Yeah, and I, you could believe that because uh, that's the purpose of a coach, to make you accountable and motivate you. And besides helping you do it the right way, I, I, whenever you're talking about this, I always think of a, a, a video I saw about people lifting weights and how they lift weights the wrong way and they really need a coach to understand how to do it and all that stuff. Well, that's pretty pretty much the same across the board with anything you're doing. You need to get the basics done correctly. And part of that element is, I, I agree with you, is getting like-minded people to stir you on and move you forward. Now, Carl, just out of curiosity, would, would let's say someone was going to try to just get start this thing and get it going. Would they be looking for these groups through, through their gym or would be personal contacts or... You know, sure. uh, the gym, but also I found uh, if you've got a, for instance, uh, a running store in your neighborhood, uh, that's really the outlet of a great community. Uh, if, if I'm somewhere, if I'm traveling for business uh, or vacationing, I, I could go into either a running or a riding store and ask, are there any group runs or group rides? And you'll, you'll find, I think, especially for the mom and pop stores, Tom, that these people, they want to promote, uh, they want to promote fitness a, but they B want to promote the community of fitness. And it's a very warm and welcoming community. Uh, so you could find a group at the gym, uh, speak to the trainer, speak to the people working out or go into a local running store or a local bike store. And those are great sources of information. Uh, it's really kind of the fitness version of a coffee shop. Yeah, and and so it's easier it's easier than you think to find a group because they are. You're right. If you go to these uh, sports shops, bike stars, running running uh, places, they really have all kinds of clubs at different levels that uh, you can find in your community. So that's a good idea. And of course, the gyms too. They have things. So so. That should not hold someone back if they want to find a group to, to participate that, with. That is correct. Now, um, does it help to put it on the calendar, the date on the calendar that you're going uh, to check out? I, I think so. Uh, and, and that's part of that's my personality. Part of that's the, my, my chosen profession. Uh, you know, when a case comes in, it is assigned for trial. That may be 18 months, two years down the road. 
and you're working towards that trial date. And that's analogous to fitness. Again, when I decided uh, to run the New York City Marathon, that's, that's always in November. And um, I didn't know how to go about it, Tom. So I bought a book, The Competitive Runner's Hand Guide uh, by a guy named Bob Glover. And I backed out 26 weeks. It was a half a year. And I just got a, a hard copy calendar. Um, and I just put the date on the calendar and backed out 26 weeks and just continuously marched towards that date. It's kind of a stick and carrot thing. You know um, that you are working towards that goal. So I find, again, uh, you know, dates on the calendar to be great motivators. And you know, with the pandemic, we're, you know, knock on wood, we're emerging, for lack of a better word, uh, all the events in 2020, most anyway, you know, after mid-February of 2020 were canceled. And that left people languishing. They were adrift, especially people that need uh, mile markers and, uh, again, dates on the calendar. So some folks floundered. Uh, they were neither here nor there because there weren't any events out there. Events are reemerging and they're selling out very fast because people are starving for this. Um, and things will be back. Um, they're they're tweaking things in these events. Uh, I saw one yesterday. Uh, Hartford Marathon Foundation, a great organization. They have a half marathon coming up, and they're thumbnailing uh, a wave start, ten waves of seventy-five runners. So there's room there. Uh, things may look a little different, but events are out there. And I've always found in my fitness career uh, that they have been great motivators. Well, you know, I want to plug something that I brought up in my book, which has helped me many, many years. And that was just like you said, commit to the calendar. Um, I talk about running a practice on 80 days a year that I saw clients in which I stayed with for a good 40 years. And my commitment was the days that I wasn't seeing clients, they were broken down into free days, maybe administrative days, maybe whatever it might be. But I held fast and I found that looking at the calendar and seeing a yellow column, meaning it's a free day, do what you want to do, um, was just as important as the red days that said, you're going to see clients today and talk to them. So I guess that's part of the commitment thing because, it, you know, you can play tricks between your ears, right, Carl? Oh, without a doubt. There's, there's a funny line, uh, Tom, in the movie, The Big Chill, one of my favorites back from the mid 80s. And uh, the line is, who can get through the day without a few juicy rationalizations? <laughs> and we, we all have we all rationalize things in our mind. And I just love that line because it's true. Everybody has a couple juicy rationalizations throughout the day. And that goes for fitness as well. Um, but if I could, back to your comment about your color coding, I, I flagged that in your book and I'm staring at it. And for those that have Tom's book, it's at page 103. Um, I'm looking at it. Green for green day for focus, red for administration, and yellow for free days. Uh, I, I love that. Yeah, it's a commitment that it, and if you stay with it, it works. And um, it, it also helps you um, – you, we talked about the the noise between your ears, Carl, when you're working out. Let's talk about that. You know, the head trip. Sure. Um, 
I, in all my years of running and riding, I have never listened to music. I've never had earbuds in. And we'll start with the running. That Well, both, really, that, for, for many reasons, uh, chiefly among them, safety. Uh, I want to hear if a car is coming up behind me. Uh, and with the earbuds in, you can't hear that. But I also want to enjoy uh, the sounds of uh, if I'm running along uh, the rails to trail. You know, I live in central Connecticut and uh, there's rails to trail along the Farmington River. Uh, you're out there at six in the morning listening to the rushing water. That's good stuff. That's not auto generated. That's not off your phone. Uh, and that's not coming through music. That's just nature. So, um, I have found that the taking the earbuds out, although I've never put them in, just not using earbuds, I've been able to find some mindfulness. Um, and then the phone. I, I carry my phone when I'm riding my bike um, for safety, uh, just in case something happens. You know, you ride a road bike. I mean, there are rides. I'll go 25, 30, 40 miles north of my house and then turn around and come back. You know, I'm able to change a tire. You you learn that quickly as a cyclist. But if you have a some other type of catastrophic mechanical breakdown, you know, you need your phone. But that's tucked away. And um, I did mention a few moments ago, I have pulled my bike over when I've had an idea and I peck out an email or, or something to that effect. But I'm not on the phone and the, and the phone's on silence. And, uh, you know, my daughters have texted me while I'm on a ride and I, and they know that I don't respond to those until I get home. Um, so I, I can find the, the quieting, the noise between my ears when it's a deliberate choice. Um, and I never once ran with, um, my phone. I, uh, I wouldn't go too far from the house and I just never thought I needed it. Um, the phone when I ride is a safety thing, but bottom line is ditch the phone, ditch the earbuds. And I think um, things might calm down between your ears. Yeah, two things there. One is the safety aspect. You're totally right on that. This, the second thing is, like I mentioned earlier, your workout, whatever you're doing is really your meditation, but you're enhancing that by the way you do it, enjoying being outdoors. I mean, it's, it, there's, it's, it's tenfold getting back to you here, uh, the way you're working out. So it's really not a bad tip because I think some of the people that might try to start doing a workout and start right off the bat who haven't been doing this, uh, you know, the, the pods go in and they may not feel the full, uh, uh, the full event the way they could. Yeah. And, and, you know, I've, I've belonged to gyms and, you know, the gym will always play music for you. And I, I didn't have the pods in at a gym, but I know, you know, a number of people they're they're kind of in their own world. And, um, you know, I did some workouts on a rowing machine, which is uh, dreadfully boring. It's good for fitness, but it's dreadfully boring. And uh, I did put some buds in when I was on the rowing machine, but other than that, uh, and, and there's a lot of noise at a gym. So I get, you know, folks that want to use the pods to kind of quiet the clanking of the metal weights and, and the like. And, you know, that may help them. I've just found, again, um, for me, no earbuds has led to um, greater calm between the ears. Yeah, no, great tip, great tip. So, so Carl, what do you tell, 
your 30-year-old self about fitness? Uh, I would start off by saying you think you have all the time in the world, but you do not. Um, and that, again, that's the piece I wrote last week um, where you, you know, I, I juxtaposed a couple songs, you know, Mick Jagger sings uh, time, time is on my side. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, you know, there's this feeling of invincibility. We all have been through it that, well, uh, that'll, that'll be down the road. Sometimes down the road doesn't come. And, um, you know, take advantage of it. And I think if you want to extend that road, frankly, Tom, and I'm not an MD, I only have a JD, but if you want to extend that road that you're on, work out and you may get some, you may get some benefits and some elongation of, of that road, but sooner rather than later is, is a good mantra or mantra uh, in, in the fitness world. So that's what I would tell my 30 year old self. Yeah, good, good advice, good advice, because, you know, generations before my parents and we talked about our parents and stuff, working out was not part of the deal. Fried food, cigarettes and and whatever was the social life that they had. So uh, our generation kind of started working out and uh, doing things. And uh, so there's a lot of people out there that look back to the way they were raised and not even thinking about doing any working out. So you got to start somewhere. But I also know as you get older and if you're in good health, you start thinking you could do the things that you did 30, 40 years ago. So you have to be careful. But, um, you know, again, what I keep hearing is you got to keep moving. You got to start it somewhere and and you change the game as you grow into it kind of thing, you know? Right. And, and you know, the other thing, Tom, is if, if we want to be in service to others, in service to our partner, our spouse, our children, our community, our work partners and colleagues, if we want to be in service to them, we need to be present. And if we're not present, we can't be in service. Uh, and I think as part of that um, presence piece, you know, that fitness to me allows me to be present and accountable uh, and, and allows me to be in service to others. And uh, I'd be kidding you if I said, you know, another reason that I, that I do what I do is I want to be an example to my daughters. Um, I want to, I, you know, I don't, I don't write any learned treatises or law review articles. I've, I've, you know, gotten clients by work results and hard work, and I try to lead by example. And, and you know, I want my daughters to see me uh, continuing to uh, take care of my body to, you know, lengthen my life and see my daughters grow up and one day hopefully get married and hopefully have children and, and be, you know, in service to my grandchildren. You know, that's interesting that you bring that up because we've talked about the deaths of parents and, you know, we almost have a moral responsibility to our spouse and our children and our family to be as healthy as we can, because it does become a burden for the caregiver as we get older. And and I, I think there's a moral responsibility of keeping yourself as healthy as you can. And this is all part of it. 
Right. And, and I, I, I get such joy with doing these things with my family, you know, taking a walk or a bike ride with my wife or a run with my daughters. It just, it, it enhances it. And I've, I found through the fitness, it's, it's allowed a lot of family time. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've run the, the Walt Disney marathon a number of times and uh, we'd make a family trip out of it. And, um, you know, it's fantastic. And it's, it's taken us, uh, my wife has family in Alabama. I ran a, I ran a marathon in Birmingham uh, 12 years ago. And we were able to, we tied that in with a visit to her family and it, or her extended family. And it, it's wonderful. Um, so it's led to a lot of great family moments. Carl, do you need um, any fancy equipment, I, for example, like a Peloton bike or anything like that to be in the game? No. No, you need a good pair of walking shoes if you want to take a brisk walk or a pair of running shoes to take a light jog. Um, I, I did some CrossFit for many years, and there's a thing uh, my coach gave me, uh, box jumps. And that's literally just jumping up on a box. I had a milk crate in the garage. That's what I used, Tom. And I would jump from the ground up on top of the milk crate, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Um, so, no. You, you know, Pelotons are nice. There are a lot of people, you know, they've, they've sold like wild, wildfire during the pandemic. Those machines are, are good, but you don't, you don't need them. Um, you can go to a high school track and do interval work. You know, if you're a taxpayer, go take advantage of what the town offers. Um, I would go up to the high school track a lot. The, I mean, it was free to get on. I, I was paying my taxes, but there was no fancy equipment. And certainly a milk crate is not, is not a fancy piece of fitness equipment. Um, Carl, uh, I, this, this just occurred to me um, as a question. Um, let's say I'm a person who's never worked out. I really don't know where to begin. Where, who are the people, someone, not like me, but someone this, in this, this example would go to talk with about the right exercise the right way of starting off. Do I run? Do I walk? Do I go lift weights? Where can they get this information? Uh, you can get it on my website, uh, which is carlfix.com, C-A-R-L-F-I-C-K-S.com. And what I'd like to do, Tom, if, if I could, is just share. Uh, if, you, if you go on carlfix.com forward slash free uh, and populate some information and hit confirm, you'll get uh, what I've written up, uh, 10 steps to getting back in the game. And th that's kind of a roadmap to everything we've been talking about, Tom. And it's just uh, kind of my life experience um, of some, some steps you, you can take to, in fact, get back in the wellness game. Or even if, you, if you've never been in the wellness game, uh, this will help guide you. So that's, that's something I, I would love for anybody listening to take advantage of. And again, it's just a few of my tips that have worked for me. And um, again, not a lot of heavy lifting. Uh, and I think if, if your audience, whoever uh, pulls that off the web, um, it's pretty common sense stuff, but it's stuff we may not we may not think of, but we all have those moments uh, of reflection saying, why didn't I think of that? So it's just, I put pen to paper and uh, I'd like to share it with, with your audience. Yeah. I'm going to put all the, this information in the show notes. So people 
can uh, go up there and download and get the great information. And Carl, also, you write some phenomenal articles. And are, can they get that information up on your website? Uh, yes, sir, they can. The um, my my lengthier LinkedIn posts I've moved over to the website. Uh, and some of my Friday fixes are on newbrittonherald.com. And then uh, I am on LinkedIn and I do have a regular Friday uh, post called the Friday fix. And that's really just, I, I try Tom, my level best to throw out one little nugget of perhaps wisdom or advice that may help um, folks get through the next week uh, that they can perhaps lean on and, uh, you know, again, it, I don't, I try not to pontificate. It's just things that have happened in my life that, um, you know, I've drawn lessons from and I, I, I'm having a lot of fun sharing them. Yeah. And you, you're a very good writer too. And again, I'm going to put them in the show notes. So my, my last question that I'll let you go, Carl, and you can be a lawyer for a while today is have you found the pithy saying it's a marathon, not a sprint to be true? Uh, I have. And uh, that's an excellent question, Tom. And again, I would like to draw a parallel uh, to your book, again, Unlocking Your Business's DNA. You've, you've got a passage in there talking about a middle management culture. And you say that creating a middle management culture takes time. And that so too does wellness. If you want to run a marathon, that takes time. You can certainly do it. Uh, there is a, a, a measure of uh, athleticism that goes into running a marathon, but it's more uh, a mental game and persistence. So it indeed is a marathon and not a sprint, really no different than your advice to, when creating a middle management culture that it takes time. Um, you know, I, I had a case in New York once. I just jotted this down. I wanted to share with you. We had a trial in 2012, Tom. It, was, it involved an accident, a barge accident on the Hudson River, which occurred in 2004. So we litigated that case for eight years. Uh, that's a long time. So, uh, and again, that's, that's analogous to an endurance event. Yeah. So again, just as creating the cultures you speak of in your book take time, um, if you've got a goal to run a marathon or to hike uh, the Appalachian Trail or something, it's, it'll take a little time, but um, the, the reward far outweighs the, uh, the, the misery that might ensue while you're training. Well, thank you, Carl. Um, folks, Carl has, uh, trust me, he's, he's got this knowledge about wellness. And Carl, I'm going to put all the contact information. If people want to email you a question, do, can you? would you accept that? Sure. And that's uh, Carl at CarlFix.com. It's, again, my first name, C-A-R-L at CarlFix.com. And I, I can't thank you enough, Tom, for uh, having me on your uh, show today. It's it's really been wonderful. And it's well, quite a privilege. Well, well, thanks, Carl. But I think this is such an important subject for health and wellness. And, you know, my moral statement the other day, I really mean that we, we owe it to our, our loved ones, the people we love the most to stay as healthy as we can. And what you're showing us and telling us today is really, you can do it, it and, and to the degree you want to. And Carl, I think it, to me, 
what you're talking about is as important as any benefit any company can can give their employee. So uh, again, agree. we're going to get this all out to you. Reach out to Carl, read his articles, get, uh, download his material. He's got a lot to say and he writes really well. But Carl, thank you for taking the time. We really appreciate it. Thank you again, Tom. Uh, once again, I appreciate it as well. Well, I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening. It was a good show today. And uh, if you would help us out by subscribing, click a like. Uh, if you have any ideas or thoughts that you would like to share with us, please email me at tperone, that's P-E-R-R-O-N-E, at N-E-C-G-G-I-N-C dot com. And if you are a business owner or you know business owners that would like to participate on our show, certainly let me know. We certainly welcome everyone who is a business owner to help people out there that are running businesses with great ideas and strategies to make them successful. So again, thanks for tuning in. I certainly appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in. Whenever you're ready to grow and protect your business while creating more balance in your life, here are three steps you can take. One, subscribe to this podcast. To request a free copy of Tom's newly published book, Unlocking Your Business DNA, email Tom at tperone at necgginc.com. And on the subject line, type DNA. Include your mailing address. And thirdly, take the one-minute scorecard and report to see how efficient you are in your business planning. Email tperone at necgginc.com and request scorecard. For additional information, click the show notes.